Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. That's right, just two regular dudes drinking some irregular soda? <laughs> and talking about Magic the Gathering, in particular the online client MTG Arena. Oh gosh, this is... I'm so, I'm so excited for this episode, because I know Jeff is very reluctant with what we're drinking tonight, so... <laughs> Um, anyway, we'll talk about that in a moment. But um, first, this episode is uh, one of my favorites, as always. It is a, our on-draft episode, so we're talking all about limited for new Capena, specifically draft. Uh, so I'm excited. I've been doing a lot of drafting, so I'm, I'm really excited to get into it. But first, each week we both bring a drink. We drink Jeff's, then drink mine. Rate him on scale of bronze to mythic. Choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right, so I thought we were supposed to bring a beer each week. It says that even in the show notes, but uh, I guess we had to we had to change things up. Uh, yeah, to close out our uh, tap takeover of Third Moon Brewing Co., we've decided to pick up their assortment of seltzers. Now, there's a reason for this, and it's because their sorts seltzers are called Bubbles, and presumably Bubbles is a clown. A very, very creepy and terrifying clown that shows up on in the art on each can. <laughs> that's that's really the only reason. It was a funny name and the scariest <laughs> looking clown I've ever seen. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Yardwolves did their art for the zombie thing last week, and we thought that was creepy. I mean, he's, he's just outdone. They've just outdone themselves this time. This one, this one's the scariest. So we have three uh, on the... Uh, the docket for this evening. Uh, Jeff, what are we starting with? All right, this one's called uh, Mango. It's <laughs> the Mango. Bubbles. So it's Bubbles Mango. Um, you said something about maybe these have malt in them? Yeah, so what's interesting about these as well, that um, obviously there are a lot of seltzers on the market. White Claw is like exploded and everyone has their own version of whatever. Even Bud Light and Coors are in there and so everybody is doing this. It's a it's a, been a big rage since 2020. And uh, this is one of the first ones where I was on their website and they're talking about how it isn't actually gluten-free because they do have some malts in the seltzer, which means that are, there are trace amounts of gluten, um, but significantly less than any of their other beers, of course. So um, we'll have to talk about whether that actually did something for us or not. Um, I'm also not 100% sure if it's in... This one specifically, I know for sure it's in one of the other ones later on, um, so we'll have to, to get to that. But uh, but yeah, so far, it's checking some of the boxes that I need for seltzers. I drink a lot of seltzers. Jeff, let's just quickly talk about seltzers because we've got to get it out of the way. Uh-huh. Uh, are you, yeah. you seem like you don't drink a lot of seltzers or any sort of like alcoholic bubbly thing that's not beer, really. So I don't drink seltzers, the pre-made ones, mm-hmm. that I'm into. But I'll have like a you know gin and soda or something sure. that I'll make myself, so I can control how much lime goes in, how much gin goes in, and the soda. And that's pretty much all I do. Like I never really experiment with other flavors. It's always just lime. Gotcha. Um, and I like those a lot, but I I don't know. Something feels weird about like paying for a canned version of that that I'm not gonna like as much as one I could just make. <laughs> okay. On my own. All right, so so you you may like seltzers more than seltzers because you make them yourself. Ooh. <laughs> oh god, that was but horrible. yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, whereas beer, it's like, it's a lot harder for me. I can make it on my own, but it's a lot harder and more expensive. And so it's, it feels okay to pay somebody else to do that. Yeah. And they're usually a lot better. No offense. I love your beer, but, uh, there's, you know, obviously you can get more profesh. Yeah. You know, I don't have the equipment they have access to Zach. That's true. Uh, Yeah. It's very expensive. (laughs) Um, I also like, uh, as we'll get into it, this, uh, starting off with their main one is mango. Very nice because as you were saying, um, lemon and lime are ones you can really make well at home by yourself. So I don't often add mango to my drinks, so it's good that this one is. All right, we have some magic news. There is an arena open this weekend, May 14th and 15th. Day one is sealed, day two is draft. Hey, good thing we're talking about limited because uh, we can help you out. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Um, Also, next weekend is going to be the new Capena Championship. They're playing Standard and Historic, which is May 20th to the 22nd. But more importantly, that Saturday is the first play-in event for uh, the qualifier weekend. So you can use your play-in points or just use your your, uh, gold or gems to get in on May 21st. And I believe it's a best-of-one phantom sealed event. Right. And then the best-of-three event is always the Friday before the event, right? Correct. Before the qualifier weekend. So it'll be our first time looking at these play-in events and seeing how we, we feel about them because we've been pretty excited. So uh, it's, it'll be good to, to get the first one under our belts. Yeah, very cool. I'm also excited to see the uh, new Capanna Championship decklist because I've been playing some standard. I think it's pretty cool. Um, and I haven't played any historic, so I'm curious to see what's going on there too. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Always fun. And we'll break that tournament down after it happens. But uh, Jeff, I think it's time. Let's let's talk about some some new Capena Limited. Hmm, so fun. Love it. Uh, it's all I've been doing. It's always the first thing I do with the set because, of course, I'm trying to collect as many cards as possible. And in that regard, I am doing quite well. Uh, I feel like I have like close to. I might need like six more of the Trilands, but I have almost all of the the um, what is it? The tri- the Triomes. It's, mm-hmm. I've been going after them, so, uh, yeah, my, uh, collecting period has been very good. Yeah, same. I, uh, picked up, I've picked up a bunch of Triumphs, like, disproportionately many to how often I've been drafting. I think the last draft I did, there were just two, like, I opened Jetmere's Garden and then got past Jetmere's Garden, and I was like, all right, I'll start like this, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, wanted to collect Omnixilisk, but, uh, I never saw him and then accidentally crafted them all because I built a deck and then for Explorer, Rakdos, Anvil, and then I meant to delete it, but the delete button is next to like the craft all button and I just crafted everything. And so I, <laughs> I crafted all four Omnixilis by, by accident. Um, but other than that, I've been collecting a lot of the cards that I wanted to pick up, uh, in particular kind of eyeing those triumphs and just taking them and, and people pass them. So if people are going to pass them, I'm going to take them. Yeah, and they yeah they pass them a lot, and uh, I think it's uh, actually probably incorrect. Having triumphs is actually good in the draft as well. But anyway, yeah. so we should get into that. So this is a three color draft set, right? Like all the the mm-hmm. the, the shards are three colors, and or the families in this case, and uh, they're kind of pushing you into those things. Last week we talked a bit about how. It might be smart to stay in two colors and then just try to splash the third. 
And uh, after another week of playing the format, I still think that's correct. I think uh, it, it just, this format is a lot faster than I initially uh, was thinking. Um, going into a three color set, I thought it would be a lot more of like the first few turns, everyone's just fixing their mana and then you can do big stuff later. No, 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 no. I have people come at you yeah. fast. Actually, like some games I'll be playing and my opponent won't play a two drop. They'll just play a second tap plan. I'm like, oh, it's going to be an uphill battle for you. Yeah. It's, like, it's just, it already feels like you're so far ahead because they didn't play a two drop, which is another theme we'll come back to. Two drops and three drops are both good and important in this format. Very much so. Very, very important. So um, having your, your splash or your mana uh, fixed early is fantastic. So even playing the triumphs that you feel like, oh, you know, I don't really need this or whatever, having those in your deck can be really helpful because if your turn one play is all my mana's here, awesome. <laughs> it, it's so helpful <laughs> because most of the time on turn yeah. two, you're like, now we're just slamming every card in my hand. Now, I know you've played a bit more sealed than me. I just did the pre-release, but mm -hmm. the rumor is that sealed, which makes sense, sealed is slower. The rumor is that for you know, five color good stuff is, is better in sealed or at least more common in sealed than it is in draft because you just open a bunch of lands, you're incentivized to play your powerful cards and uh, it's a bit slower by nature. Yeah, I think that is true. And I, I heard a lot of people complaining early on um, about how it just felt like five color good stuff every time they were playing sealed. Uh, but my experience wasn't really that way. It was just kind of like, like you would think, oh, there's all these treasures around. People are just gonna be splashing stuff. Um, well, you don't always want to be in those treasure colors, so uh, it's actually better to just have like <laughs> a better deck, <laughs> you know, that uh, does all the things from draft. And um, I, I still think you might be able to get past like a strictly three color deck because it's a bit easier to do and and have success with it. But again, I I would just try to play two colors and have good mana. Good mana is the name of the game. And uh, not having to rely on treasures sounds great. Yeah, to me, it's a bit of an opening, actually. If I know that everyone in Sealed is playing four and five color good stuff, I'm always going to try to lay out my best two color aggro deck because you'll just get free wins from people who don't play anything till turn four. You yeah. Know? Um, so I think it's worth, if you're going to play in this uh, Sealed event, which I might, we'll have to see if I can find the time, um, but if I do, one thing I'll be looking out for is just trying to see what two color decks my, uh, pile can build, my pool can build. Um, <laughs> I called it a pile just cause that's what I'm used to. You know, mm -hmm. it's always, my deck's always a pile. So yeah, <laughs> uh, no, it, if I could build a two color deck with a light splash, that's what I'm going to lean towards because if everyone else is doing all this five color stuff, I'm not convinced that the payoff for that is so powerful that it's, you know crazy for me not to do it because uh that's what it was like in call time yeah right the payoff for going like five color green is what the deck was called mm -hmm. was just so high that there was almost like the only reason you wouldn't do it is if you didn't get the green fixers that you need to make it work mm -hmm. this this format seems a bit different it seems like people are more tending towards it because you're gonna get a bunch of tri lands and dual lands anyways and so might as well play your good cards but it it doesn't seem like it's so much more powerful than just building a, a regular deck that the, the slow, you know, how slow your deck is, is always worth it. So I would be looking to actually try and get under those people. Um, and honestly, just treat it like it's not, just forget that it's a multicolor set. What deck would you build? What two color deck would you build if this was any other format? Mm -hmm. 
and then try to look into like splashing some powerhouse cards. Um, I think that's a great plan. So um, again, building your deck in a sealed pool is very important. So take some extra time with it. Uh, when you're drafting, of course, you get to build your deck as you go. Uh, and with sealed, it can be a little um, a little overwhelming. And sometimes you just look at your rares and then just like build around those. Um, make sure to look at some of those commons because as we're going to talk about commons in limited, really, really help your deck out. And as Jeff will say, um, his sealed pool didn't have any good commons. So that's why he lost, even though he had a bunch of bombs. <laughs> it's true. It's true. My deck sucked. Although I did open the best card in the set, Sanctuary Warden, and left it on the bench. So maybe it was just some inexperience on my end. Like, if I'd taken my own advice and just built a two-color deck that included, like, that was just, like, red-white or something. Um, obviously, you know, red-white's not really where you want to be, but uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I just played Urabrask and Sanctuary Warden, I might have done better. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, Jeff, let's get into some more of the nitty-gritty. So... As we're talking about this, we're kind of gonna talk about the two color pairs and then um, instead of really talking about the families and seeing, because uh, of course, if you're opening some of these charms or these like legendary creatures, you can splash for them. Um, but as we were saying, sticking with our own advice, staying in the two color realm and the place we really want to start and where I start every draft now is looking to see if <laughs> I can play white blue. White blue is exactly where I wanna be. Um, Every time I'm looking for those good cheap flyers uh, that can and just sail over everybody and well kill them before they have all their colors. Much like Midnight Hunt, blue white is the best color pair in this format. Um, <clears throat> I think it's by a pretty healthy margin too. Like, mm -hmm. like I honestly, I think that the both white blue families are like the top two families. Maybe Maestros is sort of on par with the uh, Obscura, possibly. I don't know if I have enough data to really make that decision. I think those are closer, and then I think Brokers is the best. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly white-blue offers you access to the two, to top two or like tied for second and first uh, families. And so that's just a great place to be, and it has a lot of really strong commons. So, we, you know, I mentioned last week my I, my pick for best common in the set was the white-blue flyer that taps it down, Frostling Sky. I, I was telling Zach before the show, as soon as we uh, ended that show, I was like, oh, no, it's obviously the 2-1 flyer that draws a card when it enters the battlefield. That has to be the best common. Uh, so I will reluctantly amend my choice to Inspiring Overseer. <laughs> <laughs> I still think the one I picked is really good. It's probably, like, top five. But it's... The fact that this one is monocolored, I think, gives it the edge. Um, and honestly, if, you know, you were the one who kind of tipped me on to this uh, Rafine's Informant. Mm -hmm. This card is just really, really good. Like, I think I just kind of blew past it when I was reading it and didn't really think about it much. Uh, but then you mentioned it was good, so I started putting it in my decks and taking it really highly. And it's been amazing. So uh, it's just like a 3-2 that loots for too like that's crazy it's for a common it's just like the best two one of the best two drops in my opinion especially if you have any sort of oh yeah um counter synergy like the angel you were talking about rafine's informant is amazing it gets you the colors you need i love it you know what's also crazy about white is that backup agent which is like the iron shell beetle which we're so used to it's like the two mana one one that enters and gives something a plus one plus one counter it's actually pretty good in a deck where you're trying to put things on flyers or getting a like a plus one plus one counter on your flyer or like your unblockable fish 
becomes like quite good. <laughs> oh, it's so much better here than we've seen it in green and other sets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you were saying, you know, Rafine's Informant's a great two drop and two drops, like we're saying, are important in this set. So it's like just awesome. Um, backup Agent, another good example. Mm -hmm. It's like a really solid two drop. And it looks kind of innocuous as like a grizzly bear with minor upside. And that's usually the role that this card plays in green. But like you said, because of the counter synergies, it's just so much better here than it usually is. And some of the blue stuff, like there are certain decks that feel like if you, they play an Echo Inspector, uh, which is the um, format a 2-3 flyer with Connive when it enters the battlefield. If you have a 3-4 yeah. flyer, it just becomes like... It's just like so hard to get through or to be able to block or blow up. And uh, there's a lot of cards that deal a certain amount of damage that isn't four. <laughs> and you're like, wow, this, right. <laughs> this thing is so irritating. And it's just this great common. Echo Inspector is so annoying. And then it often has like a shield counter you have to punch through as well. Yeah. Um, you know, some sort of uh, broker's veteran died or something and put the stupid counter on the Echo Inspector. And you're like, I'm never going to beat that card. Like, yeah. It just it's becomes a three four flyer that I have to kill twice. Uh, yeah, or it, it just come becomes so strong. I've died so many times to Echo Inspectors in the air. They like turn four Echo Inspector, turn five Echo Inspector. I'm like, God, okay, uh, what am I? I can't even deal with the first one. I'm screwed. Like <laughs> it's over. <laughs> so I started picking them very highly, and um, I'm a a big fan of the Flyers deck. But you know, Flyers are always good. But uh, this is this is the best we've seen it in a while. It feels like. Yeah, blue-white flyers back in a real way as a draft archetype here. Um, so that's essentially what you want to do. You want to be picking these good flyers and then just sort of tempoing your opponent out. Cards like uh, Run Out of Town are really nice here. That's the one that puts a non-land permanent on the top or bottom mm -hmm. for four mana. So it's like totally lost, but a bit cheaper. Um, I found that card to be really decent. Um, I've actually really liked Rooftop Nuisance. Um, even just playing it by itself, tapping something down, specifically a reach creature or a flyer so that you're getting through and you draw a card off of it as well. And if you have like a random expendable lackey or even a broker's veteran that you want to sack yeah. or like a backup agent that sort of used the counter, you're like, sweet, I'll, I'll just tap two things down for, and draw two cards for three mana. It's just, it, it just always does what I want it to do. I, I just always feel good with this card. And it's normally a card I'm not interested in. I know, I was going to say, it's like a, not a Zach card at all. This is mm -hmm. usually a card I would be playing, uh, and you would not like. But I thought this card was absolutely insane, because I thought it was an instant. Mm. And now that I see... Then when I learned it was a sorcery, I came down a bit on it, obviously. So it means you can only really use it offensively and not defensively. Which makes uh, me like it, because well, I want to attack. sort of use it defensively, because it doesn't untap. But it's not yeah. like the powerhouse that I thought it was at instant. Because mm -hmm. uh, you get two, two turns of no attacks if it was instant. Yeah. But yeah, it's probably still very good. I'm just sort of low on it, because I came in so high on it, and then played a game, passed the turn, and then couldn't cast it. And I was like, oh, that sucks. I really should have just cast it on my turn. Yeah, and I think I did the opposite, where I knew it was sorcery and was really low on it, and then ended up reluctant, reluctantly putting it in my deck, mm -hmm. and then playing it and be like, wait, ooh, actually, mm, drawing two cards and getting rid of a stupid creature I don't care about, and tapping their stuff down so I have attacks, I, I think this is, this is, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. Um, are there any, like, uncommons that you are really looking for in this archetype? 
a lot of the stuff that I like here, I've seen some people do stuff with uh, Fairy Vandal, uh, especially if you're kind of leaning more in the Obscura sense of the white-blue deck. But um, Sleep with the Fishes, because those 1-1 one, one fishes end up killing people so much. Like, they are really something to deal with. Um, they're so actually, the fish are really good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I expected it, but they're, they're very good. So I really like that. And then... Um, the Citizen's Crowbar has really surprised me. I know it's more of like the, um, it, it's a card that is seen as being a, uh, a cabaretti card because it's a citizen, but you can still put it on your flyer. It's a, it's a two mana play that gives you a two, two body. Like, and it, it's one of the things that, um, there are problematic artifacts in the set that are, that can be difficult to deal with at certain times. If your opponent ends up having that, uh, the shovel, the ceremonial shovel thing, uh, and you just are a little behind and you can't block this trampling thing every turn. Uh, ceremonial groundbreaker. Um, there aren't a yeah, ton of... Yeah, card has been good for me. Yeah, there aren't a ton of good ways to blow up artifacts, so being able to have, like, a 2-2 early that later can make one of your, your flyers more powerful, and then, if necessary, you can blow up an artifact. Uh, I've, I've been really impressed with the crowbar. It's a lot better than I thought. Yeah, the metro the, the card that I've noticed too, um, obviously there's the Metropolis Angel, mm -hmm. um, which is like the 3-1 that... For, I thought it only like drew a card if it attacked with a counter, but no, it's whenever you attack with any creature with a counter, you draw a card. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, but in terms of monocolored cards, I, I just love Mage's Attendant. I just love that card. It's like the 3-2 that makes a 1-1 wizard that, that's... Uh, <laughs> That just like can sack to make them pay one extra. What's that called? Like, uh, four spike. Stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This card just so much value for three mana. It's like it's like four three worth of power and toughness across two bodies with a nice little four spike loaded in. That just feels really pushed for a limited card. Yeah. And then in blue, there's the like um, the connive mana war guy, psychic pickpocket. Yeah, it's cards just. Sort of obviously good should go in any blue deck, but I particularly like it in this one because you sort of you're often racing because they can't beat kill your flyers, and mm -hmm. so it just buys you so much. The bot, the three two body plus the you know looting plus the bouncing is just crazy, and it bounces a non land permanent just just for extra just to be extra good just to be have to be a creature. So. Absolutely, um, yeah. yeah. So. If you haven't noticed, like we said, this is where you want to be. Try your best to be here. Yeah. Um, though... This is the one I've drafted the most, which is why I have the most things to say about it. This is the one I have tried to draft the most, and often I get pushed out because it seems like other people are on board because they can tell white is yeah. like the best It's color. not a secret. No, it's not a secret at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, playing... I have some experience playing blue-black, which we're kind of moving into right now. Yeah. So... Um, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to play a deck with four um, Snooping Newsies in it. And Snooping Newsy yeah, happens to be one of my favorite cards in the set. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, it always, I'm always surprised that it's a common. Every time I read I know it's a common. But still, every time I see it, it just feels like it's, it should be an uncommon. So this is the one that it's a demir for a 2-2 when it enters, it mills the cards. Uh, sorry, mills yourself too. And then um, if you have five or more card mana values in your graveyard, it gets plus one plus one in lifelink. But having a bunch of these is great. The one thing I will say, because demir is all about making sure you have different mana values in your graveyard. Um, 
it's really helpful if you know you're drafting this early because picking things like picking one drops becomes pretty important um because the the main way you get there is by having a land and then one two three four and then that's all five uh building your deck around this can be pretty important uh and i i do think you should do it fairly early if you're drafting this yeah and and also i really like the sort of evolving wilds fake cards with this just to mm-hmm. get the land in there i was gonna say um those sack whatever they're they're called um the safe houses or something i don't exactly know what the the real name is but like they're the evolving wilds things just being able to dump one into your yard like really early is like turn one dump it get the fixing so you can play the newsy on time is just awesome and then you're like hopefully uh three three fifths of the way there by the time you play it and then racing someone with just an army of three three lifelinkers it becomes uh really hard yeah. for them to stop that yeah this card just plays like both sides right it's a, the two two that you need early to keep up and or apply pressure and then in the late game it just becomes relevant so it's really nice otherwise you know black blue is kind of doing black blue things mm-hmm. like i don't think you're not really going to need to go out of your way in the game to make sure you hit the five mana value thing if you do it during the draft or during deck building just to make sure you have a, a wide spread and you have some of these sack lands then you'll just kind of get there mm-hmm. so i wouldn't play anything really really bad just just to for the sure mana you hit that because the power level of commons and uncommons in this set is high enough that you don't need to. Yeah. Basically. I will say, when you play a bunch of cards that mill yourself, um, I did run into this where I was playing this deck, and I don't think this is correct. I don't know if it's right, but this is what I did. I ended up milling myself to death a few times early, and I said, you know what? I'm going to add four cards to my deck. <laughs> and so I, I played a 44-card <laughs> deck, and I won every match after that. And um, ended up trophying with the deck because I had this stupid 44 card thing. Um, but I wasn't worried about milling myself. I didn't have to like hold a Snooping Newsy at the end of the game in my hand being like, if I play this, I <laughs> How die. How many of these cards did you have? Like... I had four of those and then I had um, four of the sack lands. So as soon as you play them, you pull another card out of your deck, which ends up being hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, it... Uh, Still, yeah. those games must have gone pretty long. Yes, but also, there's also the, um, what is it? There's the the white uh, sky crier that makes you and an opponent draw a card. That ends up milling people sometimes. Uh, so if you get in a weird <laughs> stalemate situation, um, you quickly start thinking, oh man, I have milled a lot of cards, and uh, this could be bad for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but I did want to, like, so talking about some of these black commons, um, the first one that always jumps out is we have murder in the set. Now, mm-hmm. is murder as, like, as good as it usually is? Because I'm, I'm really wondering now. So, no, I think they're telling us that because murder is almost always uncommon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's like, I think occasionally it shows up at common and it's just like the best common in the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then often it's uncommon. Here, I don't even think it's the best common in the set. Um, There's a few reasons for it. There's a lot of stuff that, like, when it's in your graveyard can do something. Like, I'm looking at Maestro's Initiate right next to it. Mm -hmm. You can exile it from your graveyard to draw two, discard one. There's also, like, the shield counters really make murder a lot worse. uh, Because it isn't just the 
uh, will definitely kill anything that it usually is because sometimes it just won't be able to kill stuff unless you get that shield counter off. Mm -hmm. And there's a few other things too, like tokens are kind of real. There's a lot of tokens going around and is pretty bad against tokens. So there's a lot of reasons that murder is just not not what it's what it usually is. That being said, I'm not advocating for not taking murder. You should take take murder. It's it's good. But yeah. It's not. It's not like the windmill slam first pick that it usually is. Yeah, it really feels like, you know, sometimes you, normally you'll feel like, oh sweet, I have like three murders in my deck, and this I'm like, ah, oh, I might. I think I have to cut one because I don't know if I want to play that many double black cards. You know, it's like, a little clunky. It's yeah. a little clunky, and it, it's it's like, oh sweet, I I kill their overseer, their angelic overseer that already drew a card and gained a life. Like ugh, this kind of sucks. Um, right there's a lot of sort of etb value on a lot of creatures too which again makes murder sort of like two for winning yourself mm -hmm. um that being said it's still like really nice to have if your opponent has a bomb you have an answer to it um it just feels like a lot of the time i'm sitting on murder and then end up using it on something dumb that's already hit me for like six and, yeah because i'm about you know, to die it doesn't yeah feel like yeah it, um, so uh keep that in mind when you're drafting because it, it has been um my downfall in some drafts, <laughs> I think. So yeah. overall with these, um, another thing about black. So we have this, uh, there's these random cards that are um, like pay life uh, oriented. There's like the um, the vampire shrivener that like if you paid life on your turn, it's like the five mana two two flyer that if you pay life or gain life on your turn, it gets a plus one plus one counter. So then... There's this cutthroat contender, which is the one drop that you can pay a life and, and it gets plus one plus zero. Um, I don't really like this. Also, I think playing a creature on one for the most part, uh, I'd much rather be playing a tap land. Like my turn one just wants to be a tap land, so my, my two drop is really good. I don't know if I like these one drop creatures very much at all. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I've never played cutthroat contender and I, I don't really plan on playing it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like it's like that card, the uh the white initiate, broker's initiate, cabaretti initiate. Um a lot of these one drops are like, oh, these are not where I want to be. Um man, I wish my first play was either a sack land to fix my mana or a tap land or something. Um for sure. Probably with the exception of expendable lackey, but um that card makes a fish and fish are good, so. Right. The opportunity cost of one drops is pretty high when you have so many tap lands. Like, mm -hmm. I would rather, like you're saying, get my mana on board than play an, an 0-4 that I can sink a bunch of mana to to turn into a 5-5 five, five late. Like, yeah. I don't know. Everyone else seems to love that card because I play against it all the time, but I have not been impressed. <laughs> I play like, against you have to be really defensive, time. right? Like, you have to be a control deck. Yeah. One card in black that I really like, I don't know how you feel about uh, Girder Goons. This is like the 4-4 four, four for 5 that dies into a 2-2 two, two and has Blitz. It's just like, why does this... This card has so much going on. It's so good. <laughs> I, at first, had not really liked Girder Goons because I wasn't super high on Blitz just in general because that's like the Jund mechanic. But this card specifically yeah. has been awesome because I always want to Blitz it because I'm like, sick. Like, I get to hit them for oh, yeah. four or yeah. trade, which they don't want to trade. Then I get a 2-2 two, two and a card. This is amazing. For four mana, I love this. <laughs> yeah, and if you're more defensive, you just play it as a 4-4 four, four that dies into another creature that's super annoying to deal with, right? Yeah. And if you're aggressive, if you're on the front foot, you blitz it, and it's just, like, really hard for them to come back. Um, yeah, that card has impressed me a lot. Um, and a card in blue-black in particular, I didn't mention it during blue-white, 
Um, I still think it's pretty good in blue-white, but it's, it's just better than I thought it was, and that's make disappear. Uh, one and a blue for, like... Normally, I don't like quench-type cards, you know, in limited. This is, like, quench with mm -hmm. casualty one. But the fact... The casualty one makes it so much better because in the late game, you just trade in, like, a crappy 1-1 one -one to counter their spell. And so it really is, like, in the early game, it's counter anything. And in the late game, it's still pretty close to counter anything, as long as you have a dorky 1-1 one -one around or whatever, which they're, they're all over the place. So um, I've really liked Make Disappear, but I like it a bit better in blue-black for a few reasons. It's just nice, gets like a you going with the uh, five mana values in Graveyard. You know, sometimes it can even put two, but usually it's just nice to get a two drop into the Graveyard that way. Um, but you can also, there's a lot of instants in Obscura, so if you end up in Obscura, or Maestro's actually also has a lot of instants, so the counterspell value goes up, whereas I find in the blue-white decks, you're usually tapping out for a flyer. This is still good, because later on you can counter something as like a tempo play, but I find it a bit better in the, the blue-black, because that leads to like two decks that have a lot of instants, basically. Yeah, I heard something that was really helpful, um... Uh, basically, people were talking about how this can basically be in place of your 2-drop. So instead of playing your 2-drop, depending on if you are on the draw or on the play, you counter their 2-drop or 3-drop, um, and that's just your 2-drop yeah. play is holding this up. And, uh, which... Right, it's like Essence Scatter, which is a very good yeah. card in mm -hmm. Limited, generally. Um, but I like that it it can counter spells and in the late game. Like, usually if it's pretty late... Four is enough. If if they have four excess mana on top of the thing they're casting, the, the thing, thing they're casting probably isn't that good. Probably sucks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, or they just have so much mana that whatever, like this game's gone. You yeah, should have used this earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think you're right. I have I have been more impressed with this because I tend to. Well, I don't play a lot of counter spells anyway normally, but um, uh, but yeah, I have been liking this card yeah i think it's actively good whereas normally cards like this are bad and you should only play them if you have to or if it suits your deck here i'm like actively looking for one of these in my blue decks nice jeff i have finished my drink <laughs> and Same. um perfect i think let's take a break uh it won't be a beer break it'll be a, a seltzer break God. <laughs> um Don't make me say seltzer break man <laughs> <laughs> do we need something else seltzer um i don't know <laughs> what's another <laughs> word for like <laughs> break i don't know whatever we're gonna call it a seltzer break i'm fine with that um uh, and then we'll come back and talk about the rest of the uh the pairs our first seltzer break is brought to you by our patrons over on patreon that's right you're already supporting the show just by listening but if you want to support the show even more well, our Patreon, that's the way to do that. And when you become a patron, you get an exclusive invite to our after party, which is a mini episode recorded immediately after this one where we uh, ramble on about uh, some other stuff. Plus, you get to vote on which one of us you dislike more by buying one of us a seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I, I enjoy seltzers, so you can buy me one and I will, uh, <laughs> I'll be happy with that. Hey, alcohol's alcohol. Um, <laughs> Anyway, you can go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to, uh, <laughs> to help us make this show better. And, and maybe if we have more money, we can buy beers again. <laughs> 
Whoa. <laughs> All right. So I will give it to them. These do look a little like beer. Like they look like a light beer because they're sort of translucent and golden in color and overly carbonated. These look like Coors Light. Yeah, they do look like Coors Light. Um, maybe a little bit lighter than that. Now that my glass is less frosted, I can see what you were talking about um, at the beginning of the show with uh, there are little particles in here. Seems like it's possibly an unfiltered something. Something something else has happened with this. It's not just like soda water that they added alcohol and a flavor. Um, this went through some sort right, of Right, I wonder if it's like some sort of natural fermented, like extremely light beer that then they add like vodka to or something. Do we even know what alcohol is being added? We don't. I actually don't know anything about that. It doesn't say on that. their cans. It doesn't say Maybe. on the cans. I didn't see that <laughs> on the website. creepy clown. Yeah. So this one, um, of course I had to do one of the weirdest ones, but uh, uh, so this is Bubbles <laughs> Goes to the Circus and it is cotton candy flavored. And it's just that same creepy clown from the first one holding cotton candy at a circus. And being really sad. But also fucking creepy. Um, yeah, it's so creepy. It's so creepy. Uh, this could be the scariest, one of the scariest pictures we've we've done. Uh, but uh, oh, anyway, yeah. cheers to the the cotton candy. The cotton candy seltzer. Honestly, this is the one that sold me the most on doing the seltzers because there's cotton candy flavored. I was like, I've never seen that before, and we God, have it to do so that. Smells so much like cotton candy. It's so like sweet smelling. Um. Fuck, this is going to be the weirdest, like, review ever. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for that at the end. But, Jeff, let's jump back into some of these uh, color pairs and what we think about them and how they kind of work in the families that they are around. Uh, next up, Black Red, your favorite. Jeff, lead us off. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, my favorite overall uh, in this format. <clears throat> not, uh, not my favorite. Um... Yeah, I think of the big ones, this is, you know what, maybe maybe the one we're going to do next is the worst, but uh, this one's, like, pretty bad, mm -hmm. I've found, and I think I that owes mostly to Riveteers being the worst family. Yeah. So I guess we didn't totally mention Blue Black last time. It goes into Maestros and Obscura. We talked about both of those as being, like, second and third best, respectively, whatever order you want to put them in. This one is obviously Maestros and Riveteers, and that's like mid-pack and terrible. <laughs> I think Riveteers yeah. is real bad. Um, so this is not the one you want to be in, but hey, you could still make a totally respectable red-black deck in this format. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is that I think red is really not where you want to be, um, mm -hmm. and it, it, it kind of boils down to some of these red... <laughs> well, some of these red cards suck. Um, yeah. uh, I, <laughs> these I, commons are not as good as the commons that are in the other colors. Yeah, I can't remember if I said this last week, but I have really hated Light em Up. Um, yeah. Like, very much so. This card is bad. I I think you went on your Light em Up rant off-air, actually. So. Yeah. Um, I so well, here you go. Um, light him up is like <laughs> one of the worst cards with some of the coolest pictures. I was so stoked about like the finger gun thing. Um, and this card, uh, it just it needs casualty one casualty two is just the worst, um, sorcery speed dealing two to something where most of like a lot of these flyers that you're dealing with are like, 
three or four. So you have to like two for one yourself to kill the echo inspector. Like, come on. And a real creature too, with casualty two. You just, you don't want to play this card. Um, unless you're just using it to deal two damage or something. But overall, um, I've just been really upset. Every time I've tried to play red, um, I just always feel sad about every card. It's like, oh, well, I don't really like this card. All these comments just don't really excite me in any way. Um, so it just feels like red to me is the weakest link uh, of everything in the set, which um, feels kind of similar to Kamigawa. So, uh, but this time you can't play modern red and be good. So, right. Yeah, calling out light em up is worth it because it's just one of those cards that if you're not paying that much attention, it looks like it's a good card. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, we've all seen the two-mana, like, red removal spell that with the upside from the set. It's probably good. It always is. No, this one's not good. This one is... I mean, I would say it's bad, but, like, I don't know. It's probably mid-pack as far as red commons go. Yeah. The red commons are quite quite bad. Um, obviously, Strangle is the best red common. Yeah. And then everything else kind of stinks like what's the second best red common like exhibition magician i would say that the one that there there are two that that do the most work to me and it's either plasma jockey which tends to really hurt if you're racing um mm -hmm. or wrecking crew is a card that will wrecking. come down and really but gum up the board Exactly. Just think about those cards that you're submitting as like second best red cards. They're just not good. <laughs> but <laughs> I even like think Mayhem Patrol might be on there for me. It's like the Menace Blitz two drop, just because it's a two drop in red. That's not super embarrassing to play. Yeah, and um, and sometimes it makes your combat kind of annoying for your opponent. But I just don't like the other ones. I don't like. The jackhammer is terrible. I don't like the combat trick very much. Um, I barely even right. play big score. Like I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't like big score and draft really. It's even though it's like the most powerful. It's probably like the best card in the set. But uh, no, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. Red is a, totally a splash color for me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to only splash it, and only splash it for a charm or something. You know, something really good. Um, so I'm trying to be blue-black and then splash red if red's going to be in my deck, basically. Um, but if you do find yourself drafting red because everyone else is avoiding it, should know that you're looking for strangles. That's like the the card that tips you off. Mm -hmm. Like, I you know, I love Riveteer's Requisitioner. If we go to start moving to Uncommons, uh, Torch Breath is obviously good. Um, so those are the kind of cards that if they're getting passed around, you see a late Torch Breath, you're like, okay, nobody's playing red. Torch Breath, super splashable, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's great. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, honestly, you're try kind of trying to avoid red, and that's why I think you don't really want to be Rakdos. Um, Rakdos also has a bit of a sacrifice theme, like it always does, mm -hmm. but it it just doesn't really get there for me. Mm -hmm. Like, Sure, yeah, I could sacrifice, like, dorky creatures, I guess, but the... The act of treason effect being four mana really stinks. And it's an uncommon. <laughs> it's, and and uncommon. So it's just like, 
the big thing about limited sack decks is you steal their creature, attack them with it, sack it to get some sort of advantage, and that's how you get your sort of card advantage. That's how you get your two for ones. Mm -hmm. um, but this one is only an uncommon, and it's four mana. Like it makes a treasure, but usually, you know, you you you're hoping to sack it with like your body double or whatever body dropper. body dropper, yeah. Um, which you don't need the mana for. Like you need, you need. Sorry, you don't. You need more than one treasure for. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's just too expensive for that effect, and it, you'll probably not even get one. And so you're kind of relying on just sacking crummy creatures like corrupt court official type stuff, mm -hmm. which is fine. I just don't think it's it's really there. Like it's just not high pow impact enough to be what you're kind of going in on. Yeah, uh, I have just been not really impressed with it. Like, um, it is always leaning on all the black cards. Like, all the good uncommons are black for this deck. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, we didn't talk about this yet, but Whack is, like, you were talking about Torch, uh, Torch Breath, which is the cycle of, like, mm -hmm. hates on a color cards. But I really like Whack because it's the card that costs one mana, kill a flyer, basically, uh, in black. Because yeah. um, most of the good flyers are white, and um, you can... It, you hate on white. White's the best color, so then hate, the card that hates on white's going to be really strong. Um, but, yeah, I've seen some body dropper decks uh, where you're just trying to sack things, and then you're playing with the um, the uh, Forge boss, which deals two damage every time you sack a creature, but it only does it once a turn, um, which I actually came into the situation where um, my opponent good-gamed me, and then I was at two life. They good-gamed me and then went to sack a creature, and then it didn't do anything because they had already done it earlier in the turn. And they just said, oops. And they ended up winning the game by like tempoing them out and bouncing stuff and just slamming four or fives and attacking them. And uh, right. it just looked really rough where it's like, yep, no, it didn't get there. Um, and it's just like, you have Fatal Grudge? Like, what the hell is Fatal Grudge? I was going to say that. Fatal Grudge fucking sucks. I, I put this in my deck <laughs> thinking that it had a lot of text, so it must be good. And then once I, every time I read yeah. it when it was in my hand, I was like, this card's terrible. <laughs> I hate this card. I have I to sack something so that they also sack their worst thing. Like, like great. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah, it, it's hard when... Um, Having a board pre presence is really important in this set because it's pretty fast. And so, uh, you know, having doing casualty stuff where your spells get stronger when you sacrifice creatures is a little bit better. But just sacking things to try to get some, give your creature menace or it's, it's just, it's just not getting there fast enough. Um, so I, I just really, I haven't liked, I think it's fine. Um, but if I'm playing blue again, or sorry, red again, I want to be playing blue, black, splash red for like a maestro's charm or like any of the maestro family cards as opposed to just any, any of the other red cards that I don't like. So, yeah, I feel like you can tell which color pairs are good just by looking at the two uncommons that are in each of them. It's like blue, white gets, oh yeah, just make a couple of unblockable stuff with a bunch of counters on it and mm -hmm. uh, through one flyer that draws you a bunch of cards. Red, black gets like a 3-4 and the stupid card that like two for one, that two for two's you, but like you don't get to choose what dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell is that? 
Uh, and then, you know, the next, the, the, when we t- get to gruel, like, those ones are just, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, that's, the, the, so we're, we're kind of shit on this, which we are, and I don't really like Joan that much, but let's go into the real problem, the problem child, which is playing red-green. <laughs> yeah, this... I was going to say red-black is the worst, and then I remembered gruel, and I was like, oh, no, gruel, gruel is obviously the worst. Gruel's really bad. Yeah. And again, this is the, if you're playing Cabaretti, I think Cabaretti decks are perfectly fine and you can play them, but you have to lean on the good white cards, the white green cards that are good. Splash red for only good cards that are red and Security Rocks is not that card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. And uh, Stimulus Package, no, no, no. I, I, I have had problems with Stimulus Package at times, but you you really have to have synergy and usually it's just too late by the time that you're if it's you're trying just to asking too much because you get this going late you get a bunch of treasures but then you now it's late game so you need a way to make one ones relevant as well so it's like i need not only this but i also need a way to pump up my one ones so that they're actually relevant by the time i was able to create a bunch of them it's like yeah okay you got four one ones on turn eight i don't care unless you have a way to pump your team or um, you know, the ceremonial groundbreaker or something. Yeah, like, or you, you need a cabaretti charm or something to, to get in. It's... <sighs> right. Yeah, so um, obviously this is leaning more on the green cards, which we haven't been able to talk a lot about. So I think we should talk about some green stuff um, as we're going into it, yeah. which I do like green. I'm, I'm, I'm fine playing green. Um, just the, the citizen thing... For the, you know, you're going to be playing a lot of citizens in, in uh, red-green uh, and then and moving into white-green, but it's not it's not super awesome. I'm just more interested in anything that's like, um, obviously, Jewel Thief is awesome because it's yeah. a, a, this a, another creature that uh, gives you a bunch of value when you play it, and it's just solid for a 3-3 common with Vigilance and Trample. Come on. And a treasure? What is this? <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. Um, prize fight, obviously, that's a lot for your money there. Um, an instant speed fight spell that then creates a treasure. Like, it's pretty close to a one-mana instant speed fight spell. Yeah, I feel like I have actually yeah. haven't loved prize fight just because it felt like a lot of times, especially if I'm playing red, like, my creatures are always just going to die. <laughs> like, I never felt like I... Either I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to use this... I'm going to break my shield, and that's the point, is like I'm going to break a shield counter to, to kill this thing, or my creatures are just going to trade, and then I just I got a treasure out of the deal, basically. I I don't know. For whatever reason, prize fight I haven't loved, but I also haven't been playing it very much. I like it. I like it as, like, um, it's just there's some cool ways you can use it, too. Uh, sometimes I'll attack, they'll block with their thing with a shield counter, and then I'll, like, fight. Fight. Okay. My shield, my one one or my shield counter on to ping it off that they weren't expecting, stuff like that. Um, the fact that it's instant speed makes it like it would be pretty bad. I think if it was sorcery in this format, but mm-hmm. instant I think gets it there. Um, but also like green's commons aren't just aren't necessarily the best. Green kind of thrives on being, to me, green thrives on green white being good. Like mm-hmm. it's one of those weird things where you're either green white or green red, and green white is one of the best color pairs and green red is the worst mm-hmm. so, so it's like, it's, yeah you could really fall into that trap i think the reason i don't like prize fight is just because uh bouncer's beatdown is so much better that i i, I just 
I, and I know, obviously, yes, of course, an uncommon is going to be better than the common one, but it, it just, it always comes around. I'm like, oh, sick, this card's going to be great. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not the one I want, and it doesn't, it, sometimes it, right. it, 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 prize fight, when I see them, it makes me think that green's open, and in actuality, I should not be thinking that as much, and I should just be like, no, that's just a card I can play. Um, it's not the reason I get into green. I think that's what my problem is. I mean, Bouncer's Beatdown is, is incredible because it also, like, doesn't fizzle if they just kill your creature. It just might reduce how much damage it does. Yeah. And, you know, it's instant speed. There's just, there's nothing to dislike about Bouncer's Beatdown. Uh, but I think prize fight's totally been, it's been respectable for me. But in terms of, like, yeah, we've already talked about how bad the green-red uncommons are. I guess, in general, I've found green's commons a bit lacking but its uncommons are pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you kind of end up in these decks because you got some sweet green uncommons. Yeah. And then I guess, I don't know how you ended up in, in green-red, like something went wrong, basically. But. Yeah, or you're, you're um, prioritizing things. You need to look at your, your what you're priori prioritizing and what comes around you think is really exciting. Um, though, to, the... Taking note for the, the uncommons, Freelance Muscle, which is the 5-mana 4-4 four, four Rhino Warrior that attacks and gets big, just huge, um, mm -hmm. is exactly what I don't want to see my opponent have when they already have a problem card. If they happen to, I guess, I'm kind of moving into a different color pair, so maybe I should stop talking about that. <laughs> it's yeah. just so hard because I don't see red-green very often because it's so terrible. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Freelance Muscle is scary, man. If you can give it Trample somehow, uh, that's always like, whoa. But yeah. I feel like I often just chump it. I've, I've never actually had it. It's always been on the other side of the board. Mm -hmm. But I'm always like, oh, an 8-8, well, whatever. Yeah, it, it always just feels like a clock to me. But I think if you can like put, I think this is what you were alluding to, is the, the Groundbreaker, but uh, just a, a way to give it Trample is, yeah. is pretty great. Um, in terms of like, I wanted to ask you about For the Family, because this card I've found just better than I thought it was going to be. It's just like the plus two, plus two, but if you have enough creatures, which you really often do, actually, mm -hmm. uh, it's plus four, plus four. So it's just kind of like, I don't know, like you win a lot of games off plus four, plus four when they don't expect it. Yeah, I. so this is normally a card I would really be in for, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like I just haven't played enough uh <clears throat> decks where i am um gonna have four creatures because the plus it, most of the time my interaction with this card is someone attacks me and i'm like okay well it could be one of the combat tricks if i block i'm gonna trade for whatever combat trick that is it doesn't really matter which one it is i know i'm going to lose my creature um but i'll be like all right well i i can't take that damage so i'll just block and if it's this card sweet but if it's a different card also sweet. So it, it never seemed like it stood out to me compared to the other combat tricks. It was just like, that's one of them. Um, saying that... I think it stands out to me because the green commons just aren't that good. So this one's one of the, been one of my better ones. That being said, I'm not taking a bunch of For the Families. No, for sure. But, you know, it, it wins combat early game and late game when you just do the, oh, I have five attackers, you have four blockers. It's like, yeah. they're dead. You kill you. <laughs> yeah. That's always good. I have been... Um, leaning fairly heavily on the high rise sawjack, which is a card I normally would not give a shit about. The three mana two three <laughs> yeah, reach, 
but yeah it's surprisingly good because there's so many good flyers yeah because the best deck is flying and you have to be able to block and this card can trade with most of them because it gets you know bigger when it blocks flyers so it ends up being very important where you you play these sweet you know the the freelance muscle or whatever and then they just have like a three four 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 flyer and you're like okay well I can't, uh, I can't block that, and and you keep chumping with your one ones, so I'm gonna lose. <laughs> and it's you know, citizen kind of matters. Yeah, that's true. Um, do we want to kind of go into the citizen thing? I, I jumped on it earlier, but I think I'm gonna jump back on it if we're moving into, you know, this is the cabaretty <clears throat> theme, and um, you know, the citizen thing. It brings me back to my thing. Hey, you're playing a fantasy game. Why? Why is tribal common folk interesting i don't understand yeah like i get it at least it's not like you know when people complain about human tribal i'm like yeah i get that but it's also one of the most popular tribes ever like there's humans in every set so maybe popular is not the right word it's like prolific like they just there are so many humans because every set has some humans Mm -hmm. you can identify with them at least this is like citizens and they've went out of their way to make a lot of the citizens non-human that's true. Um, they're always like humanoid, I guess, but they're. It's there's like, only like one or two that are human. Yeah, they're like a bird or a, a I don't know, something else. <laughs> Cat. Yeah, um, I think it's uh, it's not compelling to me, but um, having the tokens be one one citizens and having some cards uh, that that work well with those, specifically the shovel, uh, I do enjoy that. I think that's nice. Uh, but I'm not going out of my way to build a citizen deck because I think it's cool. Um, I'm it's really just a token deck, um, which might randomly have a shuffle, which is really the best that, reason to me. That's kind of the way it happens. Like I did a citizens thing, um, and it was mostly just like, okay, I'm playing tokens, and then during the game, I'd have to be like, which of my cards are citizens? This is important. <laughs> yeah, because you don't really know, right? If you have Darling of the Masses, um, you'll start to you'll figure it out. But, but without, you, you do have to look at your cards a little bit harder because sometimes it, you would think a card is, would be a citizen, maybe, um, but it's not always extremely clear uh, just because most of the time they're, 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 yeah, so a citizen on New Capena, are they just like a, a, a person that isn't part of a family? Is that the point? I think that's the idea. They're like just regular people. <laughs> They're not in the, the mafia. Yeah, which is then, and then they go to the parties at the cabaretti. Okay, so the, the only family they are around is the cabaretti because they like people. Right. All right, that makes sense. I, I can get on board with that. Yeah. Ah, that actually checks out. I like I dig, I like that, actually. Nice. Yeah, they're obviously not um, hanging out with the Obscura, just like in a shadow somewhere. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, this top secret organization is just like Joe from the bar is yeah. hanging out there, too. Like, hey, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Yeah. I really needed your opinion on this. Yeah, because now I'm wondering, like, who is the darling of the masses? This is just, like, the hottest girl in town, I guess. I guess the elf, the hottest <laughs> elf in town that rides a panther. <laughs> just... <laughs> I mean, that's pretty badass. That's true. I mean, like, yeah, pet, pet panther is pretty cool. Um, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's kind of funny. It's just, like, the the best of the citizens and the, the real royalty are all the family people, of course. Um, now that being said, we've alluded to it, but you know, our last color pair here, green, white, I think for me, it's the second best one. Yeah. <clears throat> so blue, white, I think is ahead by a fair amount. Um, but green, white is also good. 
uh, even though like you might expect blue black to be better because it goes for it goes into like the second best two um, family families, mm-hmm. whereas green white goes into the best one and like the second worst one. I find shooting for the stars on that best one is really good, and like green white cards are just good. Like again, look at the uncommon ceremonial groundbreaker and darling of the masses. Those are very very strong cards. Yeah. Um, that can win the game on their own. Darling of the Masses... Forge Boss and Fatal Grudge. Yeah, exactly. Darling of the Masses just does. Like, a lot of times people just have three power creatures and you attack every single turn and they just, like, for whatever reason, can't trade or, like, double block the Darling and then you just have a bunch of one ones that are two ones. So, it's... Honestly, just looking at the two-color uncommons, these are probably the best ones. It's, like, the best pair, you know, if you're comparing... The blue-white ones are really good, too, but I think these ones might even just be, on their own, the best, too. Yeah, because now, if someone turned threes a ceremonial groundbreaker, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a slog. It's tough. Yeah, Yeah. just because... That's what my Citizens deck was relying on. I had two of them. That's so good. uh, I think I 7-1 in that one. Went 7-1, but um, it was all just because I drew that card a lot, and I had tapped out a lot of Citizens in my deck, and I was like... It feels so dumb to have a plus two, plus one, trample, equip one. Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid. It's so stupid, but it's so strong. And I really, it, it's really surprised me how, how great that card is. Um, you know, put that on a fish. <laughs> Everything, put it on a fish. Yeah. So <laughs> double striking fish. I even had some fun putting it on a Cabaretti Initiate, which was in my deck regrettably. Mm-hmm. But it was still just like, all right, well, you want to take six trample? That's cool. Yeah. Okay, because like, <laughs> I yeah that that does sound nice. Like, what are you gonna double do about striking it? Or are you gonna trade a removal spell for one I one drop? Like, it's up to you. Yeah, go for it. Have fun. Um, yeah, I love this shovel, man. Um, and again, I I said this earlier, but I'll bring it back around. All the charms are awesome, but I was looking through them, and it doesn't look like any of the charms actually destroy artifacts. So you can. There is a lot more enchantment destruction. Um, I think that's mainly because of the witness protection and the um, hold for ransom, just so you can get your Mm -hmm. creatures back. But they don't destroy the shovel. And so the shovel ends up being a really big problem that's just there and makes every random creature in your deck strong and your opponent just can't really deal with it easily. Unless they play like Broken Wings or there's the the five mana deal five in red that also might destroy an artifact that nobody's playing red and nobody's playing that card. So... Right. You're pretty safe. I, I think the shovel is a good plan. I like the shovel plan. <laughs> and putting it on freelance muscle, I'll pay three for that. Oh, like. God, yes. That's a 10 power trampler. That's a. Oh, no, it's a 12 power trampler. You're just dead. Yeah, that, that card just <laughs> yeah. kills you. Well, um, to note, like, obviously, freelance, freelance muscle, you need um, another creature to make it bigger. But yes. Oh, right. It's among other yeah. creatures. Yeah, okay. So it's still probably, but it's still probably like a nine power mm-hmm. trampler. Yeah, which is um, which is awesome. And I've really liked Luxurious Libation. That, that is exactly the card I was about to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm bringing up a lot of pump spells today. What's going on? It's these seltzers, man. They're going straight to my head. Yeah, we were drinking that Halo. This is the closest thing to Halo probably that we've had is a, 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 a seltzer like this. Um, don't worry, wizards. We didn't put it in martini glasses. Um, but no... <laughs> Talk about luxurious libations because uh, that should just be the card for us. Basically, that that should be we that should have been our preview card if we ever got one. Is that that's us? <laughs> yeah, 
Um, I feel like my libations are currently not that serious, <laughs> actually. But, uh, <laughs> They're creepy as fuck. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, no, honestly, the tacking a 1-1 one, one onto the pump spell just makes it so good. It just makes it so good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, honestly, you're totally happy, like, playing this for two mana sometimes, winning a combat and getting a 1-1 one, one out of it. It just feels gross, you know? And so when you add that rider to... It's like if they add draw a card to a pump spell. Suddenly that pump spell is like the best card in the format. Mm-hmm. It's not quite that because it's just a 1-1, one, one, which is on average going to be worse than drawing a card. But still good. Like a 1-1 one, is a real... A 1-1 one, one is just a real creature. Yeah. Uh, in this format because it chump blocks. You know, it adds to your the effect of stuff. And you didn't have to jump through any hoops. You know, I was talking about like stimulus package, just making a bunch of 1-1s one, late. It's not good enough. But this is a this feels free. Like I would have done this anyways, and then it also has that bonus that in the late game, if they don't block, they die. Yeah. <laughs> Which so when you were talking fireballs their face. Yeah. When you're talking about for the family, when people attack in with a bunch of mana open, this is the card I'm worried about. And if they end up playing for the family, I'm much happier. Like okay. Right. I mean, a lot of the time you're dead anyways, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like if I'm blocking or, or or trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but I'm always worried about this is the card. I'm like, that's the pump spell I don't want to see because then I can't even like block in a weird way or have a trick of my own of killing one of their things and then attack them for lethal next turn because then they have a blocker, which is like, fuck. And why did you? So good. This is often how I've been beating the Flyers decks is like we're racing and then it's like, oh, you didn't expect to take nine this turn. Mm. That sucks for you. (laughs) You, you did the math, you planned three turns in advance, and you didn't expect to take nine. Yeah, so. this card is especially good if you're playing the Illuminator Virtuoso. Because, um, you know, anytime... <laughs> you shouldn't be. You, but with this card, it's really good because you can connive and double strike the... What, you're hitting them for like 19, 18? Great. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I think my favorite thing with this card was main phasing it on a fish just to flex and my opponent just concedes. <laughs> like, I, you're tapped out. It was a 10-power fish, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> See? Amazing. So good. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, that brings us back to Brokers are the best. And I just want to say that coming into the set, I was so excited to play Brokers. And now everyone has to play Brokers, and everyone will remember this set as the Broker set. And I love it. I love every little bit of it. It's amazing. Yeah. I came in hyped on Juns. So. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, the uh, Riveteer. That's, that's... I don't even know what their family's called. Cause it's like, why bother? Yeah, <laughs> why bother? <laughs> I don't know. They're a bunch of construction workers. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there is one card, you know, speaking of blue, green, white, that I need. I need an updated opinion on. Gathering Throng. How do we feel about Gathering Throng? I like it. Yes. Amazing, right? Gathering <laughs> so Throng. Like, and by which I mean I expected it to be awful and it's good. <laughs> the thing about this is that um, this is more, this is so much better than the other, the stupid Wretched Throng because it's obviously mm-hmm. an enters the battlefield effect. So then it's just a three mana, three one, draw a card or two or three. Right. Plus Wretched Throng was a two one, right? So it's like, not only is it better, yeah. It's, I mean, this that was a two drop. This is a three drop. But having this as a three drop true. and then it trades, it feels free because you can trade it with most things. You're okay sacking this to a casualty thing because you have another one in your hand. Um, you draw cards to connive with. It, it just ends up being so great. You're like, oh, sick. Well, I'll play this. Um, it can 
uh, trade profitably and then I can connive the copies away because I don't care as much. Um, totally. It's, it's become so good. I, I re- Honestly, I'm pretty happy just two, with two. Two is good. Just play one and draw the second one. Yeah, that's good enough. And that's crazy as the barrier. Because other times we've seen like three mana two twos, which I've been like, nah, I didn't like that as much. But because it's a three one, I really like it. Um, yeah. It just ends up trading for a bunch of cards that or being able to attack through stuff that uh, people don't want to trade off for this throng because you have one in your hand. Um, I also am interested mm-hmm. in the play where you play your, your gathering. Th- it's probably not correct, but playing your gathering throng, having two in your deck, but only taking one. So they think that there's not another one. So then you play your gathering throng again and get the other one. And they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Realistically, the only time you do that is if you would discard to hands up. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, or, which is very rare. Like, why do you have seven cards on turn three? <laughs> <laughs> or to flex, you know, it just sounds, yeah. uh, <laughs> to me, it sounds. Just do the old Legion Angel version. Yeah. Maybe you're just too used to playing Legion Angel. I think it is. Get one. Okay. Yeah. I can, <laughs> it's like when I was playing Blood Fountain and only took one card for Creature from my Graveyard. No, that, that's all I can get, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, steamroll my opponent. Too bad. <laughs> too bad. I'll just take one of these. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so that that is our our uh, on draft for uh, New Capena. Uh, you know, talk to us if you think we're completely wrong because we'd love to hear that. We're not, but at least with brokers, we're not with brokers. <laughs> but tell us if you think Maestros yeah. or Obscure is better, basically. Or uh, give us your takes on why Gruul is actually playable, or <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I just wanted to leave a last nugget of wisdom. I read this on Twitter, I forget who, um, but uh, if it's true, it's actually crazy. But apparently, according to the stats, one of the best performing commons in the set is Broker's Hideout. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like third or something. <laughs> That's amazing, because also not well not only the fact that it's a land, um, uh, and it's of the when we were coming into this, a lot of people were like, oh, these don't seem very good. Um, I felt pretty low on them myself. I thought like the the dual ones that would draw a card were much better. Um, they end up being quite nice um, having them, and uh, <laughs> I love that it's just. Oh, Brokers is so good that the, the sack land That's how is, good Brokers is. Yeah. The, the crappy evolving wilds that only gets Brokers lands is one of the best performing cards. Because those are all the best cards. That's funny. It facilitates the strong card. It has like, you know, a 60% win rate on this bitch. You know? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you heard it here, folks. Take the Brokers hideout because it is um, winning games. But... With that, Jeff, we need to take another seltzer break before our last call. Let's do it. All right. What monstrosity have you set me up with here on this last one? Well, it's more bubbles, um, (laughs) of course. But uh, this time, whoa, that's fruity cereal. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So this is Bubbles Saturday Morning Cartoons, which is a fruity cereal seltzer all these at five percent um and now obviously the only reason i wanted to do this is because the flavors seemed so ridiculous that i had to try them and why not try them on the show right um even though we we've this is you know 
obviously the first seltzers we've ever had. Um, but not the first time we haven't done beer, so... On the show, yeah. On the show, yeah. I think, to me, this is the creepiest art of all of them. It's yeah. just Bubbles sitting on his couch with an empty bowl of cereal in one hand, like, looking pensive, sad, and murderous. Like, uh, this one spells, like, real trouble. This is sort of like um, the the new Joker movie, give, giving me that vibe. Yeah. This person is unstable. Yes. Uh, yeah, Bubbles has uh, some some things they, they got to work out. Um, yeah. But, uh, anyway, as we drink this, we are going to rate all of the seltzers we've had today. It's just, it's still so funny saying that. I don't know why. Um, and, uh, we're going to go through our rating system. So, um, uh, as we drink this, let's talk a little bit about this. We'll see how to, today goes with this. This might be more of like a pick which one was our favorite and, and rank them on the, our, for our favorites. And, uh, I don't know how well they're going to fit into our regular system, but, uh, yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Let's just talk about our rating system just so um, people can understand exactly where we're coming from. So we might use these terms, right? Yeah. As um, as always, we Whoa. are. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as always, we are rating our drinks on a scale of bronze to mythic, which is, of course, the tiers in arena. This has nothing to do with what tier you are in currently, because we're all in different tiers at different times in our life. And uh, hey, uh, no judgment there, but um, it's just a fun way to rank our drinks and usually our beer. But bronze drinks, wow, it's so weird to say. Uh, bronze drinks are trash. They, uh, you don't even want to finish them. They're horrible. Uh, you just like crack it open, barely take a sip, and you just got to dump it out. Yeah, silver beers are sort of uninteresting is the best word for them. Macro brews tend to fall into this category, but also a micro brew that doesn't have a lot going on. Yeah, a gold drink because we're talking about seltzers today um, <laughs> they're fine uh you're like okay this is a this is the thing but you probably won't drink it again and don't really think about it you're like uh, it, it's there yeah up one level from that is you know a platinum beer it's solid <laughs> you would drink it again um you know <laughs> it's uh totally fine <laughs> diamond seltzers are exceptional these are the the seltzers that you tell everyone to drink because they are just so good and um <laughs> and you like this seltzer a lot <clears throat> all right i'll switch to your drink system although i really don't think a mythic seltzer exists but all right so mythic drink would be the absolute best of the best you would recommend these to anyone who will listen uh, these are your your favorites, and you go out of your way to get them. I do think drink makes sense if because we, we could talk about cocktails and a bunch of other stuff. Um, it is hard specifically. Do we have to change it going forward forever, or can we? Can I say beer next week? You can. Uh, you can say beer next week. I just it's just because seltzers <laughs> are today. You know. Yeah. All right. Because um, we did have wine once. We did uh, figure out which episode that was. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jeff. Do you know which one is your favorite for this evening? Okay, I need to taste this one again. I think it's so hard to pick one, mm -hmm. but I think I know which one I want, and I, I know it. I've just been trying to look up what kind of alcohol is used in this, and I just can't find that information anywhere. It, yeah. it tastes like vodka to me. I don't know if you're getting that same thing. But. Not really. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. Anyway, I, I got it. I, I know what, which okay. one I'm going to Why pick. don't you kick us off then? Uh, are we starting with our favorite or our least favorite? Um, I'm going to start with my favorite. 
Um, okay. I liked the uh, original Bubbles the most. Mango flavor. Um, and I think the yeah, reason... I wanted to pick that, but I didn't want to be boring. <laughs> yeah, I also didn't want to be boring, but I wanted to be truthful. Um, yeah. I thought this one was the best, but it's probably because I'm used to this flavor the most. And this is actually probably one of the best mango seltzers I've had, which mango is a very popular seltzer flavor. Um, and, okay, <clears throat> mini seltzer rant. So, um, I have had a lot of these. Uh, my fiance used to drink more of them and didn't really want beer as much uh, kind of for like a fitness thing or, you know, there, there's less sugar or whatever and it's not beer. For health reasons. For health reasons. My biggest thing... <clears throat> with seltzers is that they need to have um, a little bit of sugar. Some sort of sugar is really important. Even if it's one gram or whatever, it has to have something because uh, it's losing body otherwise. And it tastes mainly like TV static and seems to be kind of just like, right. just very, ugh. also very much like, oh, this is a poorly made drink somebody gave me at a party. That's, that's what they can right. taste like sometimes, right? Exactly. That's what a lot of them remind me of. It's sort mm -hmm. of like, oh, you had some like soda lying around and you didn't really think about the, how you made this drink. You exactly. You some stuff into a cup. Yeah. And a lot of the times people are drinking seltzers specifically because they don't want to have any sugar. Now, um, I, I work at a gin distillery and I, I make cocktails all the time, but, but my, main, <laughs> my, my main thing is just that like... Um, there are three components to a cocktail. It's a spirit, something sour or bitter, and then something sweet. And so when you get rid of one of them, which is the sugar, which most people try to get rid of, it, it just makes it really unbalanced and then unpleasant. And so having even just a little hint of it will make a bigger difference than you honestly think. Um, and this can be just like a bar spoon of simple syrup if you're making it at home or something. Um, that being said... Um, I did like this one. There's something different going on with these seltzers. Like we were talking about the color is like kind of a pale, um, this like kind of straw color. I did like the first one. You know, I've mm -hmm. been making fun of seltzers a lot, just mostly just because it's fun. Yeah. Um, I actually like, did like the mango one. Uh, I wonder if using just a touch of malt is exactly what you're talking about it gives that natural sweetness mm -hmm. like a natural sugar from like i wonder if they they are fermenting a tiny amount of malt and then kicking that up like i'm sure they're not <laughs> distilling that because this isn't a whiskey mm -hmm. but uh they're kicking that up with to me it tastes like vodka but uh i don't 100 percent trust myself on that because it's like i don't I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience with these yeah. types of things. It's just giving me sort of that after flavor that vodka tends to give me. Um, it definitely tastes like nothing. So when we're talking about the alcohol, <laughs> it, like the alcohol doesn't seem present. It's not a flavor I can taste. And uh, that's, right. that's for the most part what vodka is made to do. Maybe, maybe that's the other thing too, is like, I don't taste gin and I know that it's gin or vodka most yeah. likely. So uh, maybe that's what's, that's the, that's the, 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 the kicker, the trick but my brain, my, the circus trick my brain is, is pulling on me, whatever they've done, it is sort of appealing. Like I've, one thing I don't like in seltzers is 
A, sometimes I'm worried they would go too sweet. Sounds like mm-hmm. you're saying that's not really the case. Yeah. yeah. Most of them tend to go the other way. But B, I'd be, if that's the their market that they're, like, selling to, I, I'd be worried. I'm very sensitive to, like, the fake aspartame kind of taste. Yeah. And I'd be worried that that would be present in some of these. Like, how do you give it a mango flavor without adding any sugar to it? It would be like, a, a, like an extract, basically. Um, which right. is just kind of like, it tastes like it, and then it just tastes like, they always have an aftertaste of like, um, I don't know, if, if you're listening, yeah, obviously you are, <laughs> if you're listening, um, <clears throat> White Claw does have a little bit of sugar in it, which is one of the reasons why I think it has done so well, because they do taste good because of that, and some more off-brand ones won't, and touting that they are zero sugar, which is a great marketing gimmick but the product tends to be bad <laughs> but it doesn't taste good right yeah uh, so you have to try to strike that balance of mm-hmm. tasting good and uh, being low sugar because yeah it is a big part of their market that it's sort of better for you than beer that's the <laughs> point yeah yeah it, that you won't feel as full and that you can um like you can drink it and and be an active person i guess um <clears throat> but in any case, these are bigger bodied seltzers. I haven't tasted seltzer that feels this big. Um, whether it feels very sugar forward, um, it could be on the higher end uh, of, of this product. So, which is something that I kind of like more because um, it feels more like uh, its own thing. It's neat. It's definitely interesting. It's right? definitely interesting. Jeff, which one did you like the most? I know I said I liked the mango one. I don't know if you are going to go back on No, I, I like the mango one the best. Um, I'm ready with my second best, which okay. is the, this one. This one? The, the fruity cereal. The fruity cereal one. This, yeah, this one is good. Um, fruity cereal is not something that I'm interested, like, I, I wasn't, it was the one that I was least excited about, because I'm not super interested in cereal, because I don't like cereal very much. So I don't eat a lot of cereal, but when I do, it is never fruity cereal. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is like the boring like granola. It's like oh. essentially granola kind of guy. Well, granola is delicious, <laughs> and you can eat granola without milk, and it's good. It's good in lot. Exactly, granola is great. So good. Yeah, yogurt. Um, and so, like, that's my theory as well. Granola is awesome, and then it's. If you could get my cereal as close to granola as possible, yes, like that's the best yes. cereal. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly what cereal should be. Um, anything that gets soggy is just the fucking worst. Get out of here! It's so yeah, gross. Exactly. Like, there's nothing worse than like soggy cereal. Like, oh, soggy Fruit Loops. Oh god! Just like what, what we're drinking right now. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah. There's something about like there. There's there's a part of me that wants to like make the giant kamikaze bowl of cereal with like all different every little bit of every box <laughs> in your house, and you pour milk on it, and you eat cartoon or eat cartoons all day. Eat cereal yeah, while watching cartoons. <laughs> watching cartoons all day. <laughs> But the thing is that it gets so soggy so fast. Like within ten minutes, that's like a disgusting bowl of slush, and I just want. Oh yeah, it's like a race vomit. against the clock. Yeah, and then you feel all milky and sloshy. I also think I'm like lo- like low key lactose intolerant, so I think milk isn't great to just drink. Uh, anyway, um, side tangent. Yes, yeah, so, so, so is Julia. So we have like oat milk, mm-hmm. I think, right now. But we'll always have almond milk or oat milk or something. Yeah, yeah. honestly, delicious. But. Um, 
oat milk goes real well with like granola it does adjacent cereal it's very good um i used to have like almond milk with those things too and i'd get the one the the granola with the sliced almonds in it oh my gosh yeah the nuttiness in the milk actually is better Mm -hmm. milk in the with those it's good because you don't make granola out of cows (laughs) (laughs) steak granola fuck we're getting so off topic um (laughs) muesli baby muesli um (laughs) muesli is good yeah um anyway uh okay i i think i liked the cotton candy one more than this just because it was crazy And Mm -hmm. I would probably buy it again. This one just seems a little bit closer to uh, the fruit flavors that I've had in other ones. That might be... um, It's not really lemon-lime, but like it might be closer in that family of fruit. Sort of like tropical. Yeah, it kind of has that maybe... Tropical citrus kind of. There's a little bit of like some... There's a citrus in there for sure. Um, So maybe that's why I'm like, oh yeah, this is the flavor that I'm like, ah, I don't like this one as much. Too pedestrian for you. It's when you go to to the LCBO and it's all like lime flavored stuff and they're out of the mango and and cherry flavors. And you're like, oh, no one likes the lime one. I guess it's the only one I can buy. So Meanwhile, I'm like, score, lime. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I liked the cotton candy more. Uh, As far as a rating system for this... um, I, I want I, actually. I want to hear what you're gonna say. So I think you're right that it just doesn't jive with our rating system because I probably won't get any of these ever again. Mm-hmm. But I will recommend them to people. Like if mm-hmm. somebody who I know kind of likes seltzers or like kind of likes beer and seltzers, I might say, "Take you. Have you tried these ones? Like, go get the mango bubbles. Mm-hmm. That's, it's really interesting. If you like beer and seltzer, this is like right up. This is kind of a seltzer that has some beer influence in it, so it's really cool. And like anyone who drinks seltzers, I'd probably tell them to give these a shot and see what they think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like that weird uh, diamond is would recommend, but I won't probably drink it again. So it's like gold. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I scale's just not really built for this. Exactly. Um, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, and I would probably put these just in gold because I do think something is actually going on. You can have these where it feels like it was imbalanced. And these all felt fairly balanced, even if they were a bit overpowering. Like the cotton candy one was a bit like, wow, the room smells just like on cotton. On the nose, it was crazy. It's like so it, much. Every time I took a sip, it was like, whoa, cotton candy. It's so and much it's cotton candy. it's not even from the taste. Yeah, it's it just like from what, what it smells like, which is insane. I don't know what they did or how they did that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know this has been a long review, but thanks for staying with us for this one. <laughs> I do think that they are gold. Um, not going to be silver because something is definitely going on. I probably won't right. get them again, but you're right. I will recommend them to anyone who drinks seltzers. Seeing like, this is closest to, wow, there is a lot of stuff going on in the seltzer that a lot of the other ones, it's it's just like a, oh, sweet, this is the Bud Lime one. It's cheap, and I don't want to get full before I... I want to have something to drink on a hot day, but I don't want to have beer yet because I'm going to have a good beer right. later. That's that's basically what it feels like. Like a weird way to explain it is there are people out there or there's someone out there where this would be like their favorite drink ever. Yeah. You know? And because it's unique enough but still hits a lot of 
uh, relatable notes that it's like somebody out there, this is their favorite drink ever. Yeah. It's also so interesting. Sorry. Just talking about marketing that like, yeah. this is not marketed to like the, the basic white girl, uh, that, no. that all the other this seltzers is the are person being. who would kill the basic. White yes. Girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's their worst fear. Yeah, exactly. This, this clown bubbles. So, yeah. um, I really love that, that third moon, uh, took a stab at trying to get beard bros into trying seltzers and they did we tried them whether we identify as beard bros or beer bros <laughs> not beard bros um uh but uh well that's is that because i shaved uh, i'm not in the, the club anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah i i i was just really happy that they had this it seems like such a crazy idea and um it, it just obviously came out of a night of drinking and saying how funny would it be if bubbles was the name of a seltzer and the mascot was a clown that's fucking yeah, yeah. that's what i like about it too it's so clearly them like drinking their probably their own beer being like you know it'd mm-hmm. be great yeah <laughs> and then they did um we should totally do that we should do it so uh big props and they woke up the next day they're like you know what it wasn't the worst idea it wasn't just a drunken idea it was real yeah and with that uh, as of today, the cotton candy one is sold out, so you can't even get it anymore because people bought all of it. So, wow, yeah, and it's the worst one. That's crazy. And it's the second best one. <laughs> 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 so anyway, Jeff, uh, that's been probably one of our longest review sessions ever, and I don't even know how to categorize it. But uh, there you go, uh, seltzers <laughs> checked off. Love it. Um. If you're in the area, you should try them, Third Moon Brewing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's worth giving them a try. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And, uh, but we're coming into closing time. So, if you want (laughs) to... Oh, boy. (laughs) It's been like 15 episodes since you've done that. Yeah, I gotta mix them in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Good job. Um... Uh, if you want to talk to us about your adventure in seltzers or how much you hate them or how much you like them, uh, just find us on Twitter and Instagram at Arena Regulars. Also, you can see what Bubbles looks like on Instagram. So go do yeah. that because that's also worth worth it. It's worth how you're going to lose, how much sleep you're going to lose from looking at this totally. picture. Yeah. Yeah. Very enticing. Um, you can't tell us anything about White Claw on Arena but you can play against us. We might be under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. If you want to find me personally and attack me for deciding that we had to do seltzers on the show and buying the seltzers and just giving okay, them hold on. to Jeff. Let me get a pen for this. <laughs> you, need to write this down. <laughs> you can find me at Zulberg. Uh, that's Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? Okay, just to clarify where I'm supposed to lodge my complaint. By Z, you mean Zed? No, I mean Z as in Zach. Okay like uh um okay i'll have to look this up it's okay but you can find (laughs) uh z for zach will be receiving that criticism from blues brews mtg on twitter uh a local hero they say yeah yeah sure for sure um Please leave us a review on Apple uh, Podcasts, on iTunes. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Leave us a re- review there. We're reading all of them, and they have just... There was one today, and yeah. it just warmed our hearts. It was so nice. Um, loved, so, loved it. 
Uh, all of those, the, the reviews really help us get higher in the rankings and, and we, we pop up more in searches. So it helps spread our podcast. And so if you enjoy us, it really helps us uh, grow. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that the only thing worse than a cotton candy seltzer is gruel. Good night. All right, that's fine.